Hi, this is Esti, host of the Friday A Public Affair. I hope you help us by contributing to WORT and you can also subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Six above sea level I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level low power frequency radio modulation no change without struggle no one in power ain't giving up nothing no change without struggle no one in power WORT 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio, Madison, Wisconsin. And hello, welcome to A Public Affair. I am Esti Dinur. A congressional committee has recently held hearings about UFO sightings. Uh, now they're called UAPs, and we'll get to that momentarily. So we will be talking today about those hearings and uh, what we learned from them and um, what um, is going on generally. With me to discuss that is Brian Entin. He is News Nation's Miami Bureau correspondent, an Enemy Award-winning journalist. He most recently worked as a reporter for WSVN in Miami. And hello, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So tell us, first of all, what is News Nation, um, just to assuage maybe listeners' concerns that you are some kind of a cookie enterprise? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not cookie, I, I promise you. Uh, yeah, so News Nation is a national cable channel. Um, we started about three years ago. The channel used to be called WGN America. And it used to be a, a cable channel. Most, If you have CNN or Fox or MSNBC, you have News Nation also on your cable system. Sometimes it's just a little harder to find. But it used to be a movie channel um, three years ago where they played old movies and TV shows. And then the company uh, that I work for, Nexstar Media, which is like one of the biggest media companies in the country they own, I think close to 200 local TV stations, mm-hmm. they bought this station, WGN America, and decided to convert it into another um, 24-hour cable news channel to compete with CNN and Fox. But the difference with us is we're, we're really trying to do, like, non-biased news. So, you know, people, a lot of people associate CNN and MSNBC with Democrats and Fox with Republicans, and we're trying to just do, like, old-school uh, news coverage. So if, if you watch News Nation. You won't really see like a political slant. If you hear from a Democrat, you'll usually also hear the Republican side and vice versa. And we cover a lot of other news, too, that's not just politics and and Trump, which is kind of what the other channels focus on. So that's one of the reasons we sort of dived into this UFO topic, because it was something that, uh, you know, that, that a lot of the other channels weren't covering. Yeah, well, thank you for that um, intro. And now people know that they can find it if they haven't already. So, um, as I said, UFOs are now UAPs. Tell us what that stands for and why the change in name. Yeah, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena is what UAP stands for. Um, For a long time, they called them UFOs, Unidentified Flying Objects. And 
I mean, you can still call them UFOs. It's sort of a government. The government decided to call them um, UAPs. So I kind of go back and forth in my reporting, but but officially, um, that's a term that that the government came up with. You know, they um, the U.S. government never really acknowledged they had a program that that studied UFOs and and sort of tracked UFO encounters um, up until several years ago when they. Um, sort of came clean and, and acknowledged that there was this secret program, and that's also when they um, said, you know, that they that they had that they called these things now UAPs instead of UFOs. Mm-hmm. So that was the first hearing. Is that correct? I'm sorry. What did you say? Was the the recent hearing was that the first one, or have there been uh, hearings no, there before? Is, it was the first hearing. Um, it, it, it it was. The first hearing where these specific witnesses spoke, especially the one witness, David Grush, who spoke about yeah. the possibility of a crash retrieval program. But there have been some other hearings before, um, especially when and I don't I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, but basically um, it was about four or five years ago. The New York Times broke a story that the U.S. government had a secret program tracking these UAPs. And initially, the government denied it, but then came out and said, it's true. What was in the New York Times? It's just never been public before. We do have this secret program. And I believe there were some hearings that went along with that also. Yeah. So let's let's hear about um, the recent hearing. Um, why why is it happening now? And uh, what was the gist of it? Yeah, it's a good question about why it's happening now. So essentially the way it went down is is um, my station, News Nation, we broke a story with a whistleblower named David Grush. Um, and he's a he was a high-level intelligence officer. He was in the U.S. Air Force uh, as a major. He was with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency um, and also the co-lead in the UAP um, object analysis on a task force. So he was really, really high up in the U.S. government, had a very clean record, (coughs) excuse me, had the highest level of security classification. So he was able to review the most confidential documents and, you know, knew all the secret stuff, basically. So News Nation, we did an interview with him. He came forward and said that he had information that there was a secret um, program within the U.S. government that studied these UFOs and that also there was a crash retrieval program, which I know it, 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 it sounds kind of crazy. It's a lot to take in, but he basically claims that there are secret government programs where they have parts of UFOs that have crashed on Earth and that they've been studying those crash craft trying to replicate the technology for years for for military reasons um, and, you know, ways that we could increase our national defense. Um, it's not necessarily, according to him, like what you would see in the movies, like Little Green Men or the Flying Discs necessarily. And he wouldn't get into detail because of his concerns about violating, um, you know, his, his oath with keeping a lot of this stuff classified. Um, so we did an interview with him on the record. He was on News Nation. And I think that's sort of what got the ball rolling with these latest hearings. Congress took notice 
and the fact that he he filed this official whistleblower complaint with the intelligence community inspector general. So it was all under oath. He filed the complaint. His lawyer who helped him file the complaint was the was the former inspector general. So he had a lot of credibility. So, so long story short, we did the story with him. And I think that's sort of what got the ball rolling because it wasn't long after, maybe a little more than a month, that Congress had these hearings where they interviewed him on the record and then they interviewed also two um, two pilots uh, who were in the military who had experiences with UFOs. Yeah, so um, like you said, he did not divulge um, a lot of the details and there was talk in the hearings of um, hearing him in a secured room. Has that happened yet or is that yet to happen? <clears throat> yeah, that's a good question. So that, to our knowledge, hasn't happened yet. Um, what was frustrating in the hearing and, and when we did the interview, too, is um, there was a lot he wasn't able to say because, you know, he says he's still bound by, I mean, he could get arrested, basically, if he violates his oath in terms of these, um, you know, these national security secrets. Um, so, but he uh, put all of that information in his official confidential whistleblower complaint, and he has also met with um, the Senate Intel Committee and and committees in a closed door environment who have these certifications to get this secret information. So even though he didn't talk about it publicly, we know that he's divulged this information in secret to like Senator Marco Rubio, other people on that Senate Intel Committee, and then also in the um, whistleblower complaint, the confidential whistleblower complaint that he filed with the inspector general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Marco Rubio, and um, there's another Republican sitting on that um, committee. She's from she's from Florida, Luna, and but there's also at least one Democrat. Is that correct? Yes. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Up, Moskowitz. Yeah, uh, Congressman Moskowitz. He's uh, he's from Florida. Also, he is a Democrat. It's been pretty bipartisan for the most part in terms of this quest to get information. Um, we haven't really seen it lean one way or the other. Um, yeah. But you know, at this point, they're they're sort of frustrated right now. Again, like Marco Rubio. He's been able to get more information, even though he can't talk about it publicly because he's on that Senate Intel Committee. But in terms of a lot of the Congress people who were just there for the public hearing, they're frustrated, um, like um, like Congressman Burchett, who sort of led the, led the hearing, because they haven't been able to yet get uh, you know more information, sort of the stuff that's being kept secret. Yeah, I'm asking because um, I watched some of it, and and uh, Congressman Burchard specifically, who who chairs, um, sounds. Um, so you you just said he's frustrated. Uh, he sounds um, to me. I'm, I'm trying to find the right words, but. Um, like he is playing it in a political way, right? Like he's um, suggesting things, um, which is why I want to really get your opinion on how 
um, non-partisan the the hearing is because one question that has risen to me is why why is it important or is it happening now to diverge our attention for more important thing or is this really an important thing so I understand I asked you two or three questions now but hopefully yeah, you can answer okay. them yeah I know it's a good question why now and a lot of people are wondering that like is it some kind of distraction yeah from something else going on you mentioned bipartisan I was just remembering also Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, AOC, she was also at the hearing and and a big part of it. So it really was bipartisan. I think one of the reasons like AOC and uh, some of the others are interested is like, and and even for me personally, I mean, as a reporter, like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a skeptic of UFOs. I'm not like a believer necessarily. I'm just trying to come at it looking for facts, just like I would with any other story. But one of the reasons I think it's so interesting to people on both sides of the aisle is because it does appear, even if you, it's not UFOs, there, there are these secret government programs mm-hmm. that even elected officials don't know about that are funded by the government and by taxpayers. And the defense budget, and this is something that David Grush, the whistleblower, wanted to get out there beyond just the UFO topic. He's been bothered by the fact that that taxpayers are paying a lot of money for these programs that are investigating something, um, but they're not, but they're like dark stealth programs, basically, that, 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 that even like the highest elected officials and even, you know, Marco Rubio and people who sit on these committees aren't privy to. So that's something that bothers like AOC. That's something that Burchett has talked about, like the defense budget, the fact that there are these massive portions of the budget that are unaccounted for, that it's taxpayers paying for. Um, so I think that sparked a lot of interest because that's just a fact. I mean, we don't know what the programs are, but it appears they exist. And they also involve government contractors, so like outside companies that are making a lot of money. Um, And I think that's why it's gotten so much interest from both sides, even from people who are like, look, I don't really know necessarily that I believe in UFOs, but there's something that they're doing, these government programs, that we should know about because it's costing a lot of money. Yeah, so that's very X Files, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, they did touch on something, I believe that you know um, is really happening. But so so that really raises the question of what is the government? Because if lawmakers, if that who are the government, if they don't know what's going on, what is the government? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think that's why it's sparked so much interest and outrage. Um, And what are these programs? I mean, you know, is it possible they're just developing new technology that they don't want other countries to find out about and has nothing to do with UFOs? The way David Grush, the whistleblower, describes it again is like we all have, you mentioned X-Files, we all have this vision in our head of like what these UFOs look like and what, what the movies has shown us. But you know, the way he's, and again, he wouldn't get into specifics, but, you know, these may just be metals that they found that don't register on the periodic table that are clearly not from Earth, 
that they're trying to study. Um, so it, it's hard to know for sure, but again, just having covered this for the last couple of months, it's pretty clear that there's like something going on that the government is up to. We just, we don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's get back to the actual hearing and some of the things that Grush and, and the others said. So one thing he said, this is a quote here, is these are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. So that sounds more, you know, like more than... Um, some exotic um, metal did he was that something that he was able to expand on at all not really and we don't know like is it is it mangled metal from a crash is it like an intact vehicle that he claims we don't we don't know the answer to that he also claims that they've had biologics which yeah. would be like almost like bodies and again we don't know does that mean like some goop or some blood or do they actually have real bodies like he wouldn't elaborate on that um so we don't have a lot of detail um in that department yeah yeah and he also said which is interesting that the findings include spacecraft from quite a number of other species so suggesting that they don't necessarily all come from the same origin yeah He did he he has alluded to that, and he's also talked about um you know the fact that other countries uh russia Italy have had similar findings over the last like seventy five years mm-hmm. and and he describes it as like there's this race behind the scenes with different countries trying to figure out how to replicate the technology i mean one part that I've been skeptical of is just It's hard to imagine in today's world that all of this would be able to be be secret, especially if you're talking about like different countries being involved too yeah but um I mean the way he describes it is uh you know there there's just such an enormous amount of money being spent to um to keep these things secret, so I don't know you know it's it's very interesting it's it's there there's a lot of unknowns, but what I always go back to and the reason we put him on t v to begin with is just His, this man's credibility really does stack up. I mean, he is who he says he is. I mean, obviously, they had him at a congressional hearing now. Um, the, the, the whistleblower, when he filed that complaint, the inspector general ruled that he found his complaint to be credible. So it's hard to, like, process. But, I mean, the guy is who he says he is. And it's hard to figure out, like, why he would just be making all of this up. Yeah, yeah. And also, so to, in answers to my question, why is it important? I think you have identified two reasons already. One is the government is involved in some um, programs that are secret to everybody, including lawmakers, and is very expensive. And there's um, outside contractors that are involved. I should tell you, last week we talked about the Hanford program. 
and nuclear reservation and there too there's all these outside contractors who are making huge amounts of money um, not doing very good work um, so I think that's something that we really should keep an eye on but the other thing that you were just talking about is that there may be an arms race of sort between various countries to be able to replicate the technology and that again is very important we already have such a warlike planet right with um, so many arms races going on and so little attention paid to the possibility of just living in peace (laughs) so right yeah yeah. and david grush has brought up too in terms of like them trying to replicate the technology one of the other reasons he wanted to come forward he says is because he believes like if they have these items that could they could maybe help in other industries whether it's medicine whether mm-hmm. he doesn't think the government should be able to keep this stuff secret um that it should be opened up to other scientists on the outside to see how it could sort of help humanity yeah huh very interesting well my guest is brian entin he is news nation's miami bureau correspondent he's an emmy award-winning journalist who most recently before before um news nation worked as a reporter for wsvn in miami if you have questions or comments that are relevant and will not take five minutes to ask or debate <laughs> uh, please call us at 608-256-2001 extension 9 you can join us on social media at work talk on twitter x whatever that thing is or um, a public affair on um, Facebook. So as you mentioned, Brian, um, there were two other uh, people testifying. Both of them are former Navy pilots. One of them is actually former Navy commander and pilot, David Fravor, and uh, the other one, Ryan Graves. What did you hear from them? Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting because um, I think David Grush sort of got the most attention because his what he was saying was kind of the most like unbelievable and just like a movie. But I find David Fravor and Ryan Graves' story to be just as interesting or maybe even more interesting because what they saw and experienced um, was on video and was on radar. And um, like, it, it, there's proof of it. I mean, the the government has released the, the video from what David Fravor saw. So basically, both of these guys were pilots, very high up. You mentioned David Fravor was a commander. And they both had these experiences at different times, along with other pilots and even people on, on their, their ship who saw, all saw the same thing, picked up very strange things, unexplained objects and formations on radar, and then... Um, they were dispatched to go investigate what this was and saw, you know, unexplained like items flying in the sky. And, and in David Fravor's situation, again, there's, there's video released by the Pentagon of these objects. They've been nicknamed Tic Tacs, kind of like the candy because they kind of look like the candy and they, um, there is no way to explain what they are. I mean, it, it, the way they fly and go up and down. And at one point it appears they go in the ocean and come out. There's no, 
we don't have the technology, obviously, to fly that way, they say. Um, and what's interesting is, like, this video, again, was released by the Pentagon. So in many ways, I find Ryan Graves and David Fravers' stories to be even more interesting just because you really can't deny that they happened. With David Grush, we don't really have any evidence yet. We have his his, his resume and credibility, but, you know, of course, we'd want to see photos. we want to see yeah. documents. With these other guys, I mean, it's like there's really no doubting that what that this happened, like what they saw really did happen. And and there have been stories like that before, and um, sometimes, again, by uh, military people or even commercial pilots who have seen these things. There have been videos before, but as I understand, um, most people, or at least that's what's been um, said, that most of those who have seen these things um, don't report them because they are afraid to be termed cooks or, you know, maybe lose their job. Yeah. What what do we know about that? Yeah, so there's been a stigma. I mean, um, you know how it is. Like, yeah. It's become a little more popular and mainstream, and I, I think since the government acknowledged that they have, like, a program that investigates and, and released this video, like, it's, it's... I mean, look, we're having this conversation now... Um, News Nation is covering it. Like, it's become a little more okay to talk about. But, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, you know, kind of only like weird people that would talk about UFOs and psychics. And it was, you know, the paranormal. Um, so you, you kind of, people would look at you differently. And these pilots have talked about that, that, you know, even after it was documented what they saw, like people would give them a hard time and joke about it. And it's really interesting with commercial pilots because we've, we've talked to many of them and there's, there's ways now that they can report seeing unidentified flying objects, but like they can put their career on the line by doing that. I mean, if, if they say they saw something really strange that could spark an investigation, well, are they mentally okay? You know, do we need to take them out of the cockpit for a while to investigate? And they're really, they're really, paranoid for good reason about that stuff because that's their livelihood um so a lot of people don't come forward and report officially things that they're seeing just you know out of out of fear yeah you know i have a little story it's not really about ufos but i think it illustrates um i was on an airplane once just just as a, a you know a traveler and i sat by the window And I saw a plane getting so close to us, I thought that was the end of me and my kids who were actually traveling with me at the time. And um, and, and they didn't. They didn't um, crash, thankfully. But um, I then asked the... Um, the uh, staff about that, what had happened, and, and they totally denied that I saw that, you know? Uh, yeah. And I, so, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, the truth is out there somewhere, but not always. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, like, I mean, it's such, there's infinity, we're, we're just one planet, I mean... There's, they're probably, I mean, it's like, again, it's on video, it's documented. I mean, there, there's stuff out there that's got to be uh, flying around. Whatever it is, we don't know. But to me, it, it does seem to, 
I mean, how could we be the only ones? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at the night sky, um, <laughs> or, or if you know, like, the the most basic um, layperson information of, of um, astronomy, surely there are other intelligent lives in some places, right? Yeah. No, yeah. So it's, you know, even the, as a, again, as a reporter covering this, sometimes I remind myself of that because it's, You know, some of it is hard. It's hard to process. It's, we have a lot going on in our lives just on Earth. And you know, with politics these days and the war in Ukraine and, you know, inflation and whatever you're dealing with, it's like I think for a lot of people it's, it's easy to just think like, you know what, I don't even want to – it's yeah. easy to just try to put out of your mind because it's kind of a lot to, to take in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, just as a continuation, so Marco, Marco Rubio and also Rep. Mike Gallagher from here in Wisconsin, um, they're both members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. And both have stated that multiple individuals with firsthand knowledge of Grush's allegations have spoken to Congress. So obviously, yeah, he's definitely not the only one. Yeah, he's definitely not the only one. Um, and there were supposed to be more witnesses that were going to speak publicly at that hearing that we're talking about. I think there was three more that backed out at the last second. Uh, nervous, the Pentagon, according to some according to like Burchett, the Pentagon put pressure on some of these people. Um, so, again, whether you're a believer or a skeptic, um, And I don't know what I am. I'm just coming at it again, like just trying to cover it like any other news story. It's pretty obvious that like there's something going on. Like is, is it other countries testing technology that we don't have? Um, but, but if you look at that Tic Tac video released by the Pentagon, I mean, it's, it's unexplainable. It, it looks like something you would see in a movie or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, It's very strange. Yeah, we actually, um, a caller who didn't want to stay on, online, but he commented that he saw these videos and um, that it looks like teenager joyriding. <laughs> yeah. It seems to him like immature aliens are just messing around, which, yeah, yeah I don't know about that. But anyway, um, so back to our conversation here. So on July 13, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer introduced a measure that asserts eminent domain over any and all recovered technologies of unknown origin that may be controlled by private persons or entities. So obviously he's taken it seriously. Um, anything has happened with that yet? Yeah, and he actually, um, Senator Schumer put in like the, um, the national defense like spending bill. He added in a line um, that was that that I think has made it in at this point, basically saying that anything related to UAPs and UFOs needs to be um, made public. And there's a lot of speculation now about whether that's going to get taken out. Um, but, yeah, so Senator Schumer has has made comments and um, and that that's why it's like. There's too many of these lawmakers on both sides that seem interested in this um, for it to just be absolutely nothing, in, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so in Schumer's legislation, um, he also requires that any biological evidence of non-human intelligence held by private companies be turned over to the federal government in the interest of the public good. So we, we already talked about that, but again, it's... Um, It's, it's horrifying to me to think that um, private companies would have these remains and what are they doing with them? Yeah, I mean, it would make sense if, Dave, if what David Grush is saying is true, they would be using these private companies and, and paying them a ton of money because that's a way to keep it secret. Um, because... You know what I mean? It's not government workers. It's not on the official government documents. Um, and, you know, we obviously work with a lot of these contractors. I mean, they're the ones who build all the military technology. And, um, I mean, that, that's already really common. But, yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest concerns. Again, whether you believe in UFOs or not, the fact that it's taxpayer money paying government contractors for secret programs that even our elected officials don't know about um, is, is a real concern, especially when you look at the defense budget. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it makes up for most of the U.S. budget every single year, more than 50 percent. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a massive amount that is unexplained. Like they don't they don't audit the defense budget. So there's there's you know, there's not, it's not like there's a line item where you know where all of this money is going to, which I think is something that really frustrates Congress. Yeah. And, and there was some sworn testimony that Russia has engaged with UFOs. I don't know what that means. Do you? I'm sorry, say that one more time, Esty. Um, sworn testimony, I don't know by whom, that Russia engaged with UFOs. What, what? Yes, so... Um, Harry Reid, who was, uh, you know, obviously has passed away, but he had a he was very interested in this topic and had an ongoing relationship with a journalist named George Knapp for years and years and years. And Harry Reid actually was one of the ones who behind the scenes funded one of these secret programs to investigate UFOs that the government has now come out and said is, is, mm. um, is true. And anyway, George Knapp, who's the journalist who worked with Harry Reid, And kept a lot of this secret for a long time. Um, they had a, a good relationship. Submitted a formal letter to the committee um, where he discussed the fact that um, he had learned through his reporting uh, that Russia had experiences with UFOs, too. And if I remember correctly, like had even engaged with UFOs, like almost in combat. Like I think that there was a downed Russian plane at one point that they thought – Um, had been taken down by a UFO and um, and and that kind of thing yeah yeah I remember something about that again I would like to invite our listeners to call at 608-256-2001 especially if you have uh, seen strange things um, yeah We have only about 18 minutes left, so uh, you don't have a whole lot of time. Um, and journalist Leslie Keen, who uh, broke Russia's um, stories, also says that she has multiple sources that back up his um, story. What, what does, has she written more about that? 
Yeah, so she's really an amazing journalist who I've gotten to know just over the last couple of months because I, like, I wasn't a – I never even covered UFOs before two months ago when I got involved in this. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like, this is kind of all new to me um, ever since we first started talking to David Grush. But Leslie Keen has been covering this subject for decades and is the one who broke the story about in the New York Times about the secret UFO government program which they denied and then later admitted. So that was like a really big deal in the timeline of all this. She's an amazing journalist. But she also spoke with David Grush, the whistleblower, did a story with him. Um, and, and like you said, she has other sources who um, basically back up what he says. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do have a caller for you. Let's get to the phone. Hi, uh, Steve, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Steve. Uh, thanks, Mr. Enton, for your worthy efforts. I could mention arguments employing logic and physics to disprove interstellar contact, but time doesn't allow it. However, listeners should consider that the phenomena of UFOs specifically postdates the invention of literary science fiction by Jules Verne and H.G. Wells, and specifically dates to an August 1947 event in Washington. Washington State at the height of post-World War II paranoia in the U.S. Thank you. Okay. Um, any comment, Brian? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a good, it's a good point. Um, have movies and books and our sort of fascination with this and sci-fi, you know, culture, does that um, make us more interested in a way that sort of, you know, <laughs> makes us not See what's really happening. I think I think it's possible. Again, I think that's why I, I try to get all the movies out of my head, and because I think we had this vision of like little green men and kind of what we saw in, in Independence Day or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also interesting going back to Grush's notion that um, there are different species of um, remains. Um, Maybe there are little green men and also some pink women and, um, you yeah. know, God knows what else, right? Lizards yeah. and, you know, all these conspiracy theories maybe have something to them, huh? No, absolutely. I mean, um, I think anything is possible. That's, I've just tried to keep an open mind with this whole thing. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of it is like when we first heard Grush's story... Um, it's just very easy to be like, oh, this guy must be crazy, or this is, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. So, Brian, you yourself um, has have held a um, panel with several people, and I'm curious to know what they said. So you had Ryan Graves, who we already talked about that. Um, is there anything more to tell us that he said on on your panel? Um, well, with Ryan, he uh, has now started an organization where he encourages pilots to come forward and report what they're seeing. Him and David Fravor, their real concern is like pilot safety, national security, the fact that this should be investigated. Um, they're very clear about like not knowing what these objects are. Um, so he has, so Ryan has an organization that he talks a lot about that encourages pilots to come forward. Um, 
And uh, sorry, I forgot. What was the rest of your question? If there's new information that you learned from your conversation with him after the hearing. So a lot, well, interesting with Ryan, a lot more pilots have started to come forward since mm-hmm. the hearing mm-hmm. than his organization. So that's new. I think he, more people are maybe feeling comfortable and feeling like this isn't so crazy to talk about. Um, so, so that was a, a, a new development with him. Yeah. Okay. So um, just before we get to the next uh, people you had, um, we have um, a caller anonymous again who didn't stay on the line who says that he remembers similar information leaking in the 1960s. He wasn't skeptical then, but now he is. He says he thinks we are getting set up for something. I have no idea for what, but um, again, you know, it's interesting to me that uh, people also don't want to stay on the line and actually speak about it. Yeah. Um, Well, like like your caller said, we said getting set up for something. and, And like you said, is this a distraction? Most of the skeptics I've interviewed, and you mentioned the panel I did, I mean, the skeptics that I've interviewed don't think that David Grush is lying mm-hmm. and they don't think he's a bad guy and they like his credentials. They think he could be being used by the government and given this information um, maybe as a distraction for something else, like this is all part of some conspiracy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like you can go down some really wild rabbit holes with all of that, but but it's interesting, like the skeptics don't really attack David Grush. Um, it's more of like a deep conspiracy that they believe in. Right, right. And we have so many of these nowadays. Uh, we do have Kevin on the line. Hi, Kevin. You're on the air. Hello, Esty. Hey, so I wanted to respond to the rationalist who was like, you know, this is just not possible. I explain the physics if I had the time and that it never occurred until the, you know, the 60s and the plethora of science fiction stories post-war. Um, I immediately thought of the gospel song. Ezekiel saw a wheel in a wheel way up in the middle of the air. Yeah. Ezekiel saw a wheel way in the middle of the air. People have had extraordinary experiences. My own was in the late 60s, lying on a beach and I saw what I assumed was a satellite in the middle of the day. I thought, wow, look at that. A satellite is passing by. And as soon as I saw it, it made a greater than 90-degree course correction, mm-hmm. you know, like a point moving on. a. And it did that several times as I tracked it. Mm-hmm. And then it was gone. None of my friends there could see it. But Yeah, you know, so you can't, you can't prove it, but you have seen it. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but at that point, I was like, oh, yeah. There's something out there because, you know, people don't have airplanes that can do that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. And that's what those devices and those films did. They had, you know, just extraordinary uh, high-velocity acrobatics. Yeah. And, and this is something that a lot of other people have reported, including, again, pilots and Navy pilots, that, um, that they can do this 90 degrees and disappear very quickly. Is, is that correct, Brian? Yeah, I mean, again, if you Google the Tic Tac video, um, I mean, you can see it for yourself. It's these things move in a way that our machines, at least that we know of, just can't do. I mean, it's it's not a technology like that we have. 
Um, they don't know how the, propul- the propulsion works. There's no wings. There's no, like, you know, it, it's all very um, strange. And, and what he said, I think, is true. I mean, I haven't done a ton of research on this topic, but it it does predate our pop culture in the 60s. And, I mean, you know, in, in Greek mythology, there's reference to this kind of stuff. Um, in our reporting with David Grush, he, he alleges that the Vatican is aware of, um, old incidents, and um, so it, it does seem like there's always been this sort of discussion happening. Yeah, I I wonder if you would share with us um, your thinking about why why is this such a um, such a taboo really and and a thing that um uh would make people crazy when you know like if we look at science we discover new things all the time right there are yeah. um there's so much we don't know <laughs> why right. why is the idea that there are other places and cultures that are at least as intelligent as, as, as us, and I don't think we are very intelligent, right, when, we, when you look at the state of the world right. and what we've been doing to our own planet. But why, why would it not be possible that, um, that there are creatures more intelligent than us who are visiting here sometimes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And if you really think about it, like, because, you know, I obviously struggled with David Grush's story. It, I've said it over and over again, but it's just, it's hard to to really accept and believe. It's, it's, so, it's so much like a movie, but if you look at the videos that the government has released, like the Tic Tac video, and you, you accept that, okay, this is clearly like a real video. Um, it's unexplained. It's clearly something that doesn't seem to be something that humans could be doing. It, it's not really that much farther in your mind to then jump to, well, could one of these things have possibly crashed? Yeah. Um, you know, it's while it sounds crazy initially, like when you really go through it in your head, it's like, well, you know, um, maybe this is plausible. But, but back to your question, yeah, I think – I think people are more open to it now, um, just with social media, and we, we see so much now, and it's, it's like anything is possible, it feels like. I mean, nothing, nothing surprises anyone anymore. I mean, honestly, <laughs> if one of these things landed and we got it on video, it'd be like, I feel like even then, like a week later, we would move on to a different story, you know? Right, Whereas yeah. Like years ago, it was just a different, or a hundred years ago, just a different world where things were much more contained. I think people were more religious back then and very serious about their beliefs with that. And I really wonder if people are like, I don't think the world's ready to accept it if it's true. Like, I kind of think like the world is ready now. I mean, we just had the pandemic with COVID. I think people are just like ready for anything, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, right. I mean, well, I mean, if it does happen, I certainly want to know about it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so let's get back. We have not um, much time left, but um, also one of the people on your panel was Nick Pope, who ran the British government's UFO project. So, first of all, interesting again to know that this exists—the UFO project um, of the British government. What did he say? 
Yeah, I mean, he he yep he retired he, for I forget how many years he was on their uh, like secret government program investigating UFO sightings. I mean, he's very much a believer in what David Grush is saying. Um, he also acknowledges that it's hard for people to accept without proof, and people want to see videos and documents, but. Um, he was not really skeptical of any of this. I mean, he, he seems to think that it's all very much, you know, probably real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, then you have Ross Cowthart, who you mentioned before, investigative journalist and author. Uh, What did he say that we haven't heard yet? Yeah. So he is actually the one who interviewed David Grush for News Nation, Um, He has been studying UFOs for a long time, and he, you know, he's interesting because he's very upset right now, and we didn't really get into this, but there has been sort of a campaign to discredit David Grush. Oh, of course. Um, And among the things that have happened uh, is his um, history with PTSD has come out. Mm -hmm. Um, through there were some documents that were released from the sheriff's office basically and when we interviewed David Grush he talked about this um, and said you know that he had PTSD he had served in Afghanistan his best friend from the war killed himself I mean this is all very common with people who serve in wars you know PTSD and savvy suicide Um, and so there was a time and his best friend called him after the war and then shot and killed himself after that phone call. So Mm -hmm. David Grush like was dealing with a lot and, um, you know, police were called to his house. He had threatened his own life. He ended up in a, in psychiatric care at one point. Um, but then, and, and we knew this, but it, it just, it didn't really feel relevant to this, to the story that we put together just because again, well, well, first of all, what was interesting is after that, he, the government, he went back into his job and he was able to maintain his top level security clearance, which to us said, like, if he really had a problem, they wouldn't have allowed him to go back into that high level uh, security job, you know? Anyway, long story short, this all came in, came out though after the hearings, and it's something that really upset Ross Coulthart because um, they were just you know attacking David Grush, and uh, and it just Ross has been really outspoken about it, just being wrong to attack a veteran who had PTSD and try to say that that means that he, that person would be making up this stuff now. Yeah, well, um, again, I got here um, a note from, I don't know if that person wants to be identified or not, um, but it's uh, th- this person thinks that um, it doesn't really make sense how deliberately ambiguous everything seems. He thinks that, or, or they think that it's more likely we're talking about terrestrial UFOs, not extraterrestrial um, and, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people think that, too. Um, let me ask you very briefly about the, la- well, we don't have, if you want to tell us quickly about what Ben Hansen said, the host of UFO Witness on Discovery Plus, and then tell us where, where is it all going? What's next? Yeah, so Ben Hansen, um, something interesting with Ben is uh, kind of like with Ryan, he talks to a lot of pilots. He was at a, a pilot conference, I think one of the biggest pilot conferences in, in the world recently in Wisconsin, and um, yeah. just heard a lot of stories from pilots, from government pilots, from all sorts of pilots. I think a lot of pilots have seen things, and like 
they just, you know, they tell their family and they just kind of leave it at that. Um, it just unexplained things in the sky, especially in certain areas over the Atlantic Ocean, um, over the Pacific. So he talks a lot about that, um, which is interesting. Um, and, and in terms of where things go from here, I mean, it's a good question. Like, there's the possibility of more hearings. Um, some of the um, elected officials have said that, some like uh, Congressman Burchett, you know, they, they want to have more hearings. They want to see if more information can come out. Um, but they they feel like they're kind of being stonewalled to a certain extent from from the Pentagon, like in terms of these other witnesses who wanted to talk, who then felt intimidated. So I think it's yet to be seen. Do we continue to get more information or, or is just this just sort of a blip on, on the radar, kind of like with Leslie Keene's story when she broke that they had the UFO program. It was a big deal. They acknowledged it and then everybody just kind of moved on. I mean, I think it's, it's possible that could happen now, too. This will just kind of be you know, sort of something that came out and then maybe we don't talk about it for a while or maybe people will push. And that's the thing I think it's going to take. If Congress really keeps pushing um, and they don't move on to some other topic, we may actually find out more. Yeah. Well, Brian Enti, News Nation's Miami Miami Bureau respond, correspondent and an Emmy-winning Emmy Award, sorry, I'm, I'm becoming tongue-tied. Oh, <laughs> Emmy Award uh, winning journalist, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And me too. I want to let people know that um, tomorrow I'm going to host my last Pan-Africa uh, show as part of the collective. I'm stepping out to support the Pan-Africa Collective becoming more African-led. Um, there'll be now three, after I leave, there'll be three African hosts and, and two who are not um, African. My show will be dedicated totally to um, songs with political messages. There'll be very many different ones. Join me if you can. Stay tuned for the funny boys and um, thanks to um, I have something for you funny boys <laughs> thanks to uh, Summer and Jade and Patty and STD Noor bye bye